0: turn with me in your bible to 2 kings chapter six i want you to keep my wife in prayer uh she's a soldier that's down right now she's in in an extreme amount of pain the enemy's been hitting her physically uh pretty much since we got back home here in northern california and so uh, i want you to keep her in prayer uh she really um she probably won't cry to you because she don't even cry to me some somebody say amen but she is hurting she's hurting she's immobile she can't really move around a lot has severe, severe, severe uh, back pain, so please um, keep her in prayer so she can be back with us. Amen. Hallelujah. Second Kings chapter six. Uh, I was nervous probably for this sermon more than any other sermon. maybe it's the series, but especially tonight and, and you'll understand why as we go along, Uh, I didn't go to work. I prayed. I marinated in the presence of God all day. Come on, somebody. And uh, for whatever reason, I get to go preach a lot of places, but I was really nervous, and I think it's because I really want God to use me in an effective way here in your lives tonight. So I pray your hearts are open. Amen. Amen. 2 Kings chapter 6, verse number 1. It says, The company of the prophets said to Elisha, Look, the place where we meet with you is too small for us. Let us go up to Jordan where each of us can get a pole. Somebody say each of us. And let us build a place there for us to meet. And he said, go. Verse 3. Then one of them said, won't you please come with your servants? I will, Elisha replied. And he, he went on with them. They went to Jordan and began to cut down trees. Notice they didn't say smoke trees. They cut down trees. Amen, somebody. That's the original purpose here. Verse 5 says, And one of them was cutting down a tree, and the iron axe head fell into the water. Oh, no, my lord, he cried out. It was borrowed. And the man of God asked, Where did it fall? When he showed him the place, Elisha cut a stick and threw it there and made the iron float. Lift it out, he said. Then the man reached out his hand and took it. Amen. Father, we thank you for your presence. We thank you for your power. And we pray that, Lord, your purpose for tonight, my God, what you have destined uh, for us to hear tonight will go into our hearts and it will lodge in our hearts and it will grow in our hearts so that we could continue to do your will. Uh, here in the heart of the bay, God. We know you have great plans for us. We have great plans, Lord, for our pastor, and we just need your anointing in order to be in step with what you want to do. We thank you and love you. In Jesus' name, everyone says together, amen, amen. It's a great story here, and in the story, it it, kind of clicked in my spirit as I thought about what happened there at the convention with Pastor Sonny. Pastor Sonny, if you don't know, he, he asked God on the gang that God would transfer his anointing into the gang. He's already speaking messages in his age now where he's really being intentional with what he wants to see take place, not only while he's here, but when the day comes that he's no longer with us. And that, that message just kind of shook me because he's starting to pave the way. He's starting to prepare our ministry to understand that we have the goods. The anointing that is on Pastor Sonny is the same anointing that has been transferred to us. But Big Tree Outreach, Heart of the Bay, we have a responsibility to take care of that anointing, to take care of the anointing of God and not get sidetracked, not move into our own thing, but be able to do what we've been doing since 1967. Can somebody say amen? Amen. Pastor Sonny's been an awesome leader in being able to keep us on track, and I pray that we would continue to stay on track and we continue to do what God has called us to do in the inner cities of the world. See, right here in this story, it was a time where the ministry was growing. Things were happening there in Elisha's time. Could someone say amen? Everyone was involved in the growth of the ministry. Everybody was participating. The leadership was involved. The disciples were involved. Everybody was involved. Verse number 4, it starts talking about the removing of obstacles. The removing of obstacles in order for expansion to take place. As you and I serve the Lord, it is very important that we identify the obstacles in our life that will hinder us from being a part of the expansion that God wants to bring to our church. Because somebody say amen? God wants us to grow. God wants us to expand from our scripture, it says, to the left and to the right. See, we must take care of the anointing. We must take care of the cutting edge. This young man lost what we would like to use as a symbol of the cutting edge. He lost the axe head. And the reason why he lost that axe head is because he didn't take care of it. See, if he was taking care of the anointing, if he was taking care of the axe head, it would have never came off the stick. Because if it was sharp, then it would have just kept cutting trees. That meant that he never took time to sharpen his axe. He never took time to make sure that he was going to last for the long haul. And he ends up losing the cutting edge here. Could somebody say, man, we must take care of the cutting edge tonight. We're talking about the cutting edge being the anointing that is on our ministry. That's why we go into inner cities. That's why we establish churches and bases. That's why we reach drug addicts and gang members, because we have been anointed by God to be able to do this kind of work. Can somebody say amen? See, the cutting edge is what keeps us effective. It what brings quality to our ministry. It's the element of God that is upon our life when God begins to use us for his honor and glory. The cutting edge is also puts us in a position for a great advancement. See, God wants to advance the ministry. God wants your ministry to grow. God wants your families to be blessed. He wants us to be able to be on the forefront of what it is to be involved in inner city ministry. That's what Victory Outreach has been known for. We've been known to be effective in the inner city. We've been known to raise up quality ministries in urban areas, could somebody say amen? Amen. Not everybody's able to do that. See, California, they're on the cutting edge of trends that are spreading nationwide. Victory outreach needs to remain on the cutting edge of evangelism. Evangelism is something that we're good at because somebody say amen. Some have said we are the experts at evangelism, but we have to understand that it's not us. It's the power of God. It's the anointing of God that's on our life that God has called us to reach out to the urban areas for his honor and his glory. See the Hebrew word used in Second Kings for axe head is the word barzel, which means a piece of iron. A piece of iron. There's a gentleman in the Bible by the name of Barzalelai, the man who brought provisions to King David when he was in need. He was at a time of rejection when people had come against King David. Barzalei he brought resources. To David, and his name means the man of iron, because somebody say amen. See, the man of iron. See, when you have the anointing, you're strong in the things of God. When you have God's power on you, you're able to overcome the things of this world, because somebody say amen. And that's so that we can do God's work. See, verse 5 says that the prophet, he lost his power for service. We must spend time in the presence of God if we want to last doing God's work. He lost his power for service because he did not take care of the anointing. He did not take care of the cutting edge. Notice something here. He was working, but he was working without the cutting edge. Sometimes we don't have results. And it's just because we're swinging a stick. We don't have the cutting edge. We're swinging and we're swinging and we're swinging, but there's no cutting edge. That's what we don't ever want to see happen to Victory Outreach. We never want to see Victory Outreach without the cutting edge. We to never want to see Victory Outreach not bringing forth results in the urban area. We want to stay on the cutting edge, impacting cities throughout the world for the glory and the honor of Jesus. Can somebody say amen? See, we could think you have to quit church or get out of your position before you backslide or lose the blessing of the power of God. But some get cold on God and lose the power of God, even while they're still active at the work of God. That's why you have to always be careful. Samson, he didn't have his strength when they cut the braids off his hair, when they took all the the, Delilah had persuaded him to give up the secret of his strength. And they cut his hair, and then they said, Samson, the Philistines are upon you. And then he went to destroy the Philistines and throw them off of him, and he was not able to do it because the power of God was no longer upon his life. Could somebody say amen? So we have to be careful and make sure that we're active, that we're anointed, that we're spending time in the presence of God, that we're going to last for the long haul, that there's not going to be anything that's going to stop us from being a part of Victory Outreach, Heart of the Bay, and everything that we endeavor to do, that we could do it together as long as we stay anointed and in the presence of God. Somebody say amen. See, our ability to serve God and serve him effectively depends on us being filled with the Holy Spirit. We need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. We need to be filled with the power of God because the enemy comes and he blows and hits and attacks. But as long as we're in the presence of God, God's power will sustain us. Somebody say amen. Our first point tonight, I'm giving cue to my man over there. Amen, somebody is living a purposeful life. Victory Outreach, God has called us to live a purposeful life. When living a purposeful life, we cannot afford to get comfortable. Somebody say amen. Because we live with purpose. We live with God's purpose. We carry God's purpose inside of our spirit. As God begins to call us, as God begins to work on us, as God begins to build us and develop us, there's a purpose within inside of us that we need to take care of. Somebody say amen. Amen. Ephesians 1.11 says, In him we were also chosen, having been predestined according to the plan of him who works out everything in conformity with the purpose of his will. See, God has been working in you. God has been working in me so that we could do his will together. That's the culture that's being created in the church here that you and I are learning to be able to do God's will together to work in unity, doing what God has called us to do, not giving up, not hanging on to ill feelings and and awkward things that the enemy tries to put in our mind. The enemy will get you to think crazy because he wants to disconnect us. He doesn't want us to bring glory to God and be able to work together in doing God's will. That's what glorifies God when the church of God is in unity. Somebody say amen. We have to be in unity with where we're going right now. We're getting ready for an outreach. We're getting ready to bring out the shotgun. We're ready to bring cyclone out. Come somebody say amen. Or cycle. What was it? Psycho. He's coming. You're gonna see him. Somebody say amen. And if it's anointed, I'll probably be scared. Somebody say amen. Huh? But we're working together, church. We have to know that there's a purpose and that is to reach the area that our church is in for the glory of God. It's not just going to be Hayward, but we're going to reach out to the bay for God's honor and glory. And we're going to need everybody to be on board. Somebody say, hey, man, working together. Listen, in conformity with the purpose of God's will, which is souls. It's all about Souls. The reason why God set us free is that, and from the lifestyle we came from, come on somebody, you know your wife used to whoop on you. Somebody say, "Hey, man. We never hear it in testimony, but it probably happened." Somebody say, "Hey, man, We got tough girls in victory outreach. Somebody say, "Hey, man, where are my ladies at? Where are the ladies with the combat boots at? Huh? Come on, somebody. Mama wears combat boots. Somebody say, "Hey, man!" In the message version, I don't think my man over there has it, but I want to read it. It says, it, it's in Christ that we find out who we are and what we are living for. Long before we first heard of Christ and got our hopes up, come on somebody, he had his eye on us. He had his eye on us. He had designs on us for his glorious living. Part of the overall purpose, he is working out everything in everyone. God had his eye on us. And God knew that he could raise us up because he knew that we would have a desperateness to know that our success in life only comes from us depending on God. See, we can never get caught up in doing our own thing. We have to stay committed to God. We have to stay sold out and understand that there's a purpose that has been birthed inside of us, that God placed it there for his honor and glory, that he'd be able to raise you to preach. He'll be able to raise you to sing. He'll be able to raise you to usher and to lead and to do all these different things that we do. When you're in your position, you're preaching your message. Somebody say amen. You're preaching your message. You're helping us be ready to expand the kingdom of God. When we go out to the streets and start yelling out there, you need to know that there might not be a big crowd, but they know that we're talking about Jesus. They know that we're talking about somebody that's in the changing life business. Somebody say amen. That's the purpose that God called us for. The second thing, there's a preparation for God's work. Some of you right now, God, is preparing you for his work so that you can be effective see the young man was being prepared Elisha was right there by him Elisha saw when he lost his cutting edge somebody say hey man but he never left him how many know you're never alone how many know you always got to have a mentor How how many know you got to always have somebody that's not telling you to slow down, but teaching you how to be committed and handle the pressure that that might be coming your way. Somebody say, amen. See, there was a preparation for God's work. It was a time of removing obstacles. They were removing the trees. Hebrews 1 says, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race that has been marked out for us. See, we have to get rid of those things that hinder, uh, those things that cause us to try to, uh, how would I say, fit in with everybody else. See, the church, we gotta be the trendsetters. We gotta be the ones creating culture. I'll be honest with you. I got a little bit fearful. Pastor Stavon knows we read the article that talked about some of the cities in the Bay Area being like the most godless cities. And I'm saying, God, we have a responsibility as a church. You know, prepare us to be bolder than ever before. If there's ever a time that we need boldness, it's now. If there's ever a time we need preachers in the bark, Preachers on the bus, preachers at the library, preachers at the car wash. If there's ever a time that we need preachers with the boldness of God upon their life, it's now because they're saying that the Bay Area cities are godless cities. We need more preachers. We need more people from Heart of the Bay that aren't afraid to talk about Jesus to bring up the name of Jesus there's power in the name of Jesus we just got to throw off whatever's hindering us we got to get rid of that shyness we got to get rid of that 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 thing where sometimes there's a lot of us got this complex we're afraid of rejection we got to not worry about rejection we got to spread the gospel that person that you might be thinking is going to reject you, they might be the most open person. They might be the most ready person because the same way God is preparing you and raising you to be a preacher and run with the vision of victory outreach, God is preparing them to receive the message that you're going to speak into their life. Somebody say amen. We have a responsibility as God is preparing us as a church that I, I got it from Pastor Steve. I'm learning Pastor Stavon. Come on, somebody. I might be older, but it's before I used to like, yeah, we're godless. Yeah, we're more violent. I, he flipped the script on us. How I many remember that? We, we don't want to be known for the most violent city. We don't want to be known for a, a, a city or that the gospel is not known. We don't want to be church or the heart of the bay that all of a sudden they're not preaching no more. Huh? They're not doing rallies no more. They're not doing dramas no more. They're not reaching souls no more. No, we have a responsibility. God wants to raise us up to reach our city and impact more people's lives for his honor and glory. Somebody say amen. Throw off what's hindering you. Throw off what's getting in your way. Throw it off. Even some of us, we're going to get those good-paying jobs. Get back to being committed. Get, I saw that ad on uh, Instagram. It says, you know, when you get a job, you're not qualified. It's, it's called favor, right? You, you, you don't deserve it. You, you don't measure up, but yet you got the job. It's called favor. Well, use favor to advance the gospel. Use favor to let people know that if it wasn't for Jesus, we wouldn't have what we have. Somebody say amen. The third thing I want to bring out is that we're all called to participate in God's work. See, evangelism, someone say evangelism. Okay, I'm going to drink water. Say evangelism again. (coughs) Evangelism (coughs) is not a ministry, but it should be a culture of the church. A lifestyle of winning people to Jesus. Pastor Sonny called it years ago a ministering congregation where all the church, there's never anybody in the church that's not ministered to. Because we minister to each other. We have compassion one for another. We reach out one for another. So there's never anybody that their need is not being met because somebody say amen. Because there's a culture that not only do we evangelize the lost and reach out to the lost, but we evangelize and take care of each other. We back each other up. Somebody say amen. We look out for one another. There should never be a feeling inside your spirit where you don't feel taken care of. Because we're a family here at the heart of the bay. We love one another. We don't just love souls. We don't just love ministry. But we learn, as the Bible says, to love one another. Don't get plexed up. Don't let the enemy tell you nobody loves you. Nobody cares. He only shook my hand because they told him to. Come on, somebody. You know how we think. Come on now. This is the family of God. This is the place where God got a hold of us. This is the place where some of you got married. This is the place where your kid's going to get saved. This is the place we give. This is the place where we pray. This is the place where we come and meet God. Somebody say amen. We're building friendships. Some of you have been building friendships with one another for a long time. Somebody say amen. And we've been doing the work of God together. And we need to continue to do the work. We need to make sure that we're always inside of our spirit, ready to expand God's purpose and God's vision for our ministry. Somebody say amen. See, as Victory Outreach, Heart of the Bay, fourth point, our lives should be a symbol of a productive lifestyle. A symbol of a productive lifestyle. How many remember when we were unproductive? I remember being unproductive. And I remember, I believe, God dealing with me because I was selling drugs. And when I would sell drugs, there was a time in my life that if you were a youngster, I wouldn't sell you no drugs because I didn't want to have a part of destroying you. So I would tell them, you know what, you don't want none of this. You know, you don't want to get involved in drugs. Go, go ahead and go over there and smoke your little weed and do all that other little stuff. But you don't want to start using drugs because I didn't want to see that generation become unproductive because down in my spirit, I knew that drugs had messed me up. Somebody say amen. So I didn't want to spread that aura i didn't want that vibe to come i didn't want the responsibility of causing people to become unproductive but today in christ i would hope that i could be a symbol of somebody that could help you be productive help you go forward that when you look at my life and the ministers lives and the people that are here that you say you know what it's because of the richness of our church, that we have good leaders, we have good men and women that pray and love God, that they're able to help me become productive in Jesus, that no matter what comes my way, no matter what the devil may throw, no matter how the devil might attack me, I got people that I can go to that could disciple me and help me to be effective for God's honor and God's glory. Somebody say amen. See, we all gotta get stronger. We all got to move into the arena of being productive men and women of God. We can't come to church and always be falling apart. We got to come into the house of God knowing that God is trying to instill his purpose with inside of our life. God wants to use us to help other people's lives be better. Somebody say amen. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God for this is your true and proper worship. Being able to let God use us. See, some people, they're starting to think that church is a fad, that church is something we could just come check it out every now and then. Church is going to be there when I'm hurting. But see, the Bible also says not to let the devil have a foothold. Because, see, we can't be tiptoeing between the tulips. We can't be, you know, trying to, you know, live that double life. Somebody say amen. And we, and we shouldn't ever put it out there like, you know, church is just a thing I mess with every now and then. No. We have to take the call of God serious. The responsibility of this great anointing that we have upon our lives that many of you, God wants to use you, to preach however it is that you preach, rather be singing, whatever, whatever it is, our lives all preach a message. Somebody say amen. And if our lives are gonna preach a message, then let's preach a message that Jesus has made us productive, that Jesus has made us a lifestyle that's worth imitating. Paul said, Imitate my life, imitate it as I follow Christ. We need to follow Christ because your life is hinged to somebody else's life. It's a matter of you and I serving God with all of our heart so that others will look at us and say, that's the way you get down in Jesus. That's the way you follow Jesus. That's the way you serve God. That's the way God blesses you when you commit yourself to him and, and, and hang on to the horns of the altar in any time and any moment in your life knowing that God will see you through. Somebody say amen. Am I, am I, here? Am I talking to somebody? You know, we don't want that aura. We're, we're we become guilty of teaching somebody to take God lightly because that's not how we take care of the anointing Pastor Sonny has been committed all these years he's been sold out all these years and he's now transferring that anointing to us we have to take care of it we have to take care of the precious call of God that's on this ministry God didn't call you to just flirt with Victor Outreach. It's time to get married. It's time to get married. Some of have been just flirting with it. I hang out there. I got some homies over there. Yeah, but that's just flirting. It's time to get married so you can take care of the anointing that's on our ministry as well. The fifth thing we see is doing our part in the work of God. Matthew 28 19 and 20 says therefore go and make disciples of all nations baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you and surely I am with you always until the end of the age. See our part the Bible is teaching us right to make disciples and and to preach the gospel and teach people to obey everything that's been commanded and really what the scripture is telling us is Not only to evangelize the world, but go disciple the world. And as we evangelize, we always got to have it in our mind. Not only am I called to reach souls, not only am I called and anointed, someone say anointed, to reach souls, but I'm called to disciple. I can't leave that part to everybody else. God might use me to win a family. I just can't leave them. God might use me to win a soul. I just can't leave them. I got to do my part to disciple them. I got to do my part to teach them to obey Christ. But if I'm going to teach them to obey Christ, then I got to be obeying Christ too. I got to be a committed follower. I got to be loyal. I got to be obedient. I got to know the heart of God. I got to know the mind of God. I got to have a personal relationship with God so that God could instruct my life. Somebody say amen. See, we're all involved in this work together. Isn't that awesome? You and I, God wants to use us to change the world. He wants to use us. Listen, in the natural, I know you don't see it, but he wants to use us to change the world. He wants to use us to change our city. He wants to use us to change our neighborhood. He wants to use us to change our families. That our families would see that we're not stopping, that we're not in a fad, that we're not just flirting with victory outreach, but that we're committed. Come hell or high water, there's no stopping us because you can't stop what you can't see. It's a Holy Ghost fire working inside of me. Somebody say amen awesome how God has raised up our ministry so that we'd always be strengthened, so that we'd always be built up, so that we would not lose heart, but we could gather at any function, a youth function, a women's function, a men's function, a congregational function. We could gather together so that we will not lose heart in the ministry, but that we will continue to do what God has called us to do in reaching out and loving on people. Somebody say amen. We got to keep loving on people. We, we're Christians. We, the love got to come out of us. The enemy is good sometimes. He'll try to get us caught up so that love doesn't flow from us. See, love affects people. Love affects people. When they know, when people know you genuinely care, that'll affect them for the rest of their life somebody say amen i'm hoping that as i go on through life somebody will remember me and say that man loved on me he's seen me at my worst and he loved me he was consistent in working with me he helped build me and because of him now my family comes here and worships at Victory Outreach, and now not only that, we're being launched out, and we're taking the city because somebody loved on me. Come on, somebody, give Jesus a big hand of praise. Because sometimes we become repetitious in the church. huh? We could could become repetitious. You know, like, I'll be honest with you, I'm, I'm like shy. You guys don't know that, but I am. And uh, Pastor Stevon is, is working on me because every service, he makes me like go shake hands. Somebody say amen. You don't make me, but I feel bad if I was the only one. A couple of times, I just stayed right there and shook some, shook some local hands. Come on, somebody. <laughs> but what happened is I went to a church, vo, that didn't do that. And I was like, hold up, man, we need to go shake hands. <laughs> I was like waiting. And I missed it because it was like he's teaching me how to come out of myself with well, probably not even knowing it. Sometimes I just want to sit there and just let me make an altar call, man. I feel a little bit out of touch right now. Everybody, anybody ever felt that way? Just feel out of touch, man. Just you know, I don't even want anybody here. I just want to worship by myself and do me one time. <laughs> huh? You want me to smile. You want me to shake hands, you know, and all that. Then sisters, you go shake some of them. They pull away. They're all scared. I go, oh, my husband, he might think something's going on here. Somebody say amen. Uh, we're a family. We're a family. We can't have them complexes. We're a family. We got to love each other in the Lord. Let God use us to show one another that we got each other's back. Somebody say amen. So I'm down with it now. I don't mind shaking hands. Somebody say amen. It's pretty cool. So if I look like I don't want to shake your hand, that's the old me. The new me wants to shake your hand. Amen, somebody. High five, bam, do all kind of stuff, sideways, boom, boom. boom. We could even make up a handshake if you want. You know, if you got time, meet me in the back, bam, boom, bam, You you know, get with it. I'm with it, let's shake hands. Come on, somebody. Let's connect let me give you the sixth thing in closing we should have the power while we're doing the work the bible talks about power as the word in in Greek dunamis right means power means might means ability to do anything imagine that God has given us the power and the ability to do what anything No limits in God. No limits in God. The limits are taken off. In the natural, when you and I look at ourselves, we see so many things that we can't do. But we need not to look in the natural. And we need to look to the word of God. And we need to spend time in his presence. And, And as the Lord challenges you, As the Lord speaks to your heart, as God begins to deal with you and show you. I remember when he started dealing with me to to preach, and I remember the first time I preached, I had all these complexes. I was scared to raise my voice. I was scared to shout. I was scared to do a hand signal. I was scared to do anything because then I was worried about what everybody else was gonna think of me. When I started moving in my purpose, The first thing that began to happen is I started getting complexed up about what everybody else was going to think. Because now God was separating me. Now there was an anointing being placed on my life to do ministry at another level. Some of you got to get ready to do ministry at another level. A productive level and be a symbol of somebody that is becoming effective for the honor and the glory of God, that we're not beating the air. We're not just swinging at nothing, but we're being intentional, wanting God to use us to the fullest. Huh? you wanting God even, you know, he's going to get me with another one. I'm confessing sins right now, big ones. But I told him, Pastor Stavon, I go, you ain't coming back from Africa and making us dance, are you? You know how he does, right? Goes over there, gets all inspired, African anointing, different anointing. Same power, but something going on over there. I mean, we need it, so he tries to bring it back to us. But I never danced sober, say, man. (laughs) I told him, Cholos don't move their feet, man. We dance with our hands. And I know if I'm dancing with my hands, I don't really want them to. Come on, move your feet, but I don't do that. Somebody say amen. I dance with my hands. When I was at the party, the girls did all that stuff. I had a beer, I had my jacket on. I was like, yeah, go ahead, girl, do your thing. Uh, that's how I got down. Somebody say amen. But he comes back with all that stuff And I know that it's go to another level. Try it out. So long as someone's standing in front of me, the musicians could come. I'll I'll probably try and move my feet next time. Somebody say amen. (laughs) Give me some room. Come on now. The power of God can get you and I to do things that we never thought possible. And that's what the Lord is doing in our ministry. The young generation, they're over there now, they're getting anointed. And the first thing that's going to happen is the enemy's going to try to plex them up. Going to try to get them to not think they changed, not think they got touched. We got to get ready to support them. They're going to come back wanting to do stuff. And we can't get in their way. We can't shoot them down the moment they make a mistake. See, I I like uh, Danny, right? Daniel, Daniel. I see like... Don't get big-headed. Where you at? He's here? He's not here? He's over there, right? Well, big-headed probably. No, I'm just kidding. Anyway, he's not here. His family is. But I I see an international anointing on him. I see it. It's in the beginning stages, but I see God raising him. God wants to use him in a powerful way. And I know Pastor Devon already sees it, but we got to learn to see these things. We can't be people that be passion killers be vision killers, be getting in the way of what people feel God has called them to do. We gotta learn how to help birth that purpose that's inside of people. That's what we all do, we're like midwives. In the old days they had midwives, right? I saw my, great, my grandfather's birth certificate and a lady wrote, I saw him born this house, this street, this day. That was his birth certificate, say amen. Some of us got to be there when we get ready to write out the destiny that God has for these young men, and these young women. Write it out. See you using great things. We see God using you. We see God raising you. We see God doing great and mighty things to your life. Somebody say amen. Amen. Dunamis power is an outward power. It's a force for war. It's a potent substance. It's a potent substance. Something in the power of God that enlarges mine and your capacity. That's what God's power does. We're in the process of not just reaching our city and evangelizing, but building people. Building people, helping people tap into dunamis power So that we could be anointed, not just to reach our city, but to build the people up when they come in. That's what we need. We need men and women that say, man, I want to help build you. I want to help work with you, man. I don't want you to struggle with that no more. I don't want you to be halfway, one foot in and one foot out. I want to help build you up in God. Somebody say amen. There's an anointing for building. Pastor Sonny's been building this ministry. Why? Because he's been anointed to build it. See, it's not his idea. He was anointed. Let me give you three things in closing real quick. Number one is the axe head was lost. The axe head was lost. He realized he lost the cutting edge when he was just hitting with a stick. See, the axe head represented the presence and the power of God. Stand with me today. See, a Christian who loses his spiritual power is like a man trying to cut down trees without the axe head can't do it without God, somebody say amen and I hope you feel challenged, I hope you feel like man, I want more of God, I want to be that symbol of a productive life, I don't want to, you know create something in the culture of our ministry and our church that God is not pleased with, somebody say amen not only that, the, was the axe head lost, but the axe head was also located See, we have to value the cutting edge. We have to take care of this anointing. That's our responsibility as Victory Outreach Heart of the Bay and Victory Outreach throughout the world is to take care of the anointing that God is using Pastor Sonny to transfer to us. Because see, God has been using Pastor Sonny all these years to identify to us what we're anointed to do. He hasn't stepped into all these other arenas of all these other preachers. He has stayed keeping Victory Outreach International on track with what we've been anointed to do. We're anointed for gang members. We're anointed to reach broken families. We're anointed to work with the fatherless. We're anointed to work with the young people. We're anointed for that. The last thing that we see is that not only was the axe head lost, it was located, but the axe head was lifted. The young prophet was able to regain the anointing. The axe head floated. You know how you regain the anointing? The axe head floated. That was the grace of God. That was the mercy of God. Why? Because the axe head was lost. He no longer had the cutting edge, but the grace of God surfaced that axe head. Then the prophet got a stick. You know how you keep that anointing? The stick is symbolic to the cross. When you and I stay before the cross, and stay before the purpose that God has for us, sobering up right now, we're sobering up because we want to come to this altar and we want God to anoint us to help keep the ministry on track we want to value what's been given to us each and every one of us at different stages of our life can be tempted to not value what we have like i was tempted to not value shaking some hands and i went somewhere only to miss wait a minute that's we're family, man. I don't want to miss that element. I don't want to let the enemy do anything to separate us from one another. Because you know what? The one thing that we all realize about getting down in Victory Outreach is we can't do this alone. We, we need each other. We need relationships. We need to talk with each other. We need to do this with not each other, but as we're reaching out, we're getting ready to reach out. So get to know each other as much as you can because eventually as more come, we've got we to love on them. Are you ready? I mean, we got to love on them. We can't let people come and be strangers. We can't let someone, because they walked in with me or walked in with Pastor Stephen or walked in with someone, we can't leave them alone thinking, oh, they're already connected to them. Because I've already heard people say, no, 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 I want to know other people. So sometimes we see them with somebody, but you get to know them. You love on them so that when they come to the heart of the bay, they'll be able to say, you know what? I found me a church that got genuine love for people. They will not let you go without talking to you, shaking your hand, working with you, inviting you to eat, chilling with you. They're down to earth, man. This church is awesome. Victory Outreach, Heart of the Bay a church that knows what we've been anointed for that we've been anointed to work with the broken hearted people and build them up for God's honor and glory and we're not worried about competition we want better singers better musicians better ushers better Bible study leaders better pastors we all want to get better at what we're doing for our God's honor and God's glory we don't want to cap it we don't wanna stop it. We want the anointing to keep flowing. We want Victory Outreach to grow in quality around the world. We wanna be instrumental in being a church that does things in a quality manner. Somebody say amen. Cause that's our anointing. That's our anointing. For God to use you and I to work together in partnership with our pastors and our team that is here. I pray for anyone here tonight that for some reason you felt like not being on the team, not being a part of what God is doing, because the enemy has to hit us. He has to hit us. We're trying to get busy right now. Someone say amen. The enemy got to start making us feel I pray that you'll come to the altar as musicians get ready to sing and let God's anointing come on. The altar is open all over this place. Come on, church. Come on, Heart of the Bay. Let's take care of that anointing. Let's get anointed, young people. Let's get anointed. Come on. Married couples. Married couples. Come on, make your way. Let's do it together. Let's do ministry together. Let's do God's will together. Come on, all over this place. Shatara Rabakaya. Oh, Rababa Satara Sando. Come on, church.